In this episode, we're going to talk about aftermarket parts plus the 10-second challenge. Welcome to Random Thoughts from the Road on the Ozark Rides Digital Network. Conversations about motorcycles, one of the best places to ride in America, the Ozark Mountains of Missouri and Arkansas, and of course, any random thoughts that pop into our head. And now, here's your host from OzarkRides.com, Craig Allen and Randy Lewis. So have you ever been injured in a motorcycle riding accident that wasn't your fault? If you have, you need to call Dr. Brad Bradshaw at 417-333-3333. Hard number to remember, I know. Insurance companies are going to act aggressively in defense of their clients. It's what they do. Dr. Brad Bradshaw's job is to fight even harder to make certain that you receive the compensation you deserve to make your life whole again. So after the show, check them out. Online at bradbradshaw.com. And be sure to save his number, 417-333-3333. Dr. Brad Bradshaw, physician, surgeon, and lawyer. Plus, he's a writer, too. I love writing in the Ozarks. I really love writing down into Arkansas. You know, Missouri and Arkansas rides, they can't be beat. No matter where you ride, do yourself a favor and go by Heartland Honda in Springdale the first Level 5 Honda powerhouse dealer in Arkansas. Heartland Honda has a huge selection of Honda motorcycles, ATVs, and side-by-sides with excellent financing options. Plus, their red-level technicians can help keep you riding. Seriously, go check them out online at heartlandhonda.com or give them a call at 479-751-7022. Heartland Honda. Work hard, play hard. Welcome back to Random Thoughts from the Road podcast. With me is Randy Lewis from Bike Works in Urbana, Missouri. He's here with his cocktail. And uh, what are we drinking today? Crown Royal. On the rocks. Yeah, buddy. So we want to talk about some things about, you know, this is the time of the season. Assuming you're listening to this when it was recorded, that people are going to start getting out on their bikes. They're also going to be thinking about what they can do to improve their bikes. I know when I ride, I'm always thinking about, ooh, what can I do next? Or, (laughs) you know, I'm almost to the point where nothing is going to be the answer, but I'm not there yet. But then again, a true bike rider, a motorcyclist, whatever you want, a biker, never really gets to that point, do they? No, it's the same in motorcycles as it is custom cars. It's never finished until it's sold or it's wrecked. You're always going to be working on it, always going to be changing it, always going to be thinking about the next thing that you can do. You know, I find a lot of people spend all winter daydreaming and looking through parts catalogs and looking at magazines, if that's even a thing anymore, about the next coolest thing and, you know, what do they want to change to their bike. There's very few people that get on their motorcycle and ride at stock and never do anything. Well, you've you've always got to make it your own. Yeah, yeah. And then you, like you said, it's just stock right off the floor. Stock sucks is how I Yeah, th- that's, that's <laughs> no good. You want to do something. If you tweak it, it a little bit. Yeah, anything. Shoot, put a pinup right. girl sticker or something. So I'm going to let you kind of take the lead on this. What do mm. you want to talk about with reference to aftermarket parts, handlebars? Yeah, this is the biggest thing, you know. Number one thing that people change usually is exhaust system first, 
then an air intake, and then handlebars, and then wheels and things like that of sorts, or paint or body mods. I mean, that's way down the line. Well, we've established that I'm not a mechanic, but one thing that I have learned from my own personal experience, you start screwing around with exhaust, there is a domino effect on other things that you have to do. If you think you just, I'll just change the, uh, I'll put some slip-ons or change the exhaust and be down the road. No how, no way. Here's a big misconception, and people always come to me and talk about this, and it kind of grates on me every once in a while about the millionth time I'm asked this in the, you know, two months leading up to summer is they want to do, they want to get better sound out of their bike. Great. You know, that's everybody wants to have a bike that sounds good, even you metric guys. But what everybody or most everybody always thinks is, well, I threw these slip on mufflers. I should be picking up like a thousand horsepower, right? Yeah. Why doesn't it run any harder? Why doesn't it do this? Well, all you've done is just change the noise of it. You know, until you go through the process, you know, an engine is an air pump. You're changing how much air will evacuate the engine but you're not changing how much air comes in. Thus, no more need for more fuel, and you're not picking up any power. All you've essentially done is change the fart can on the end of it to make it sound a little different, which is great, whatever, you know, no big deal. Everybody loves the way that their bikes sound with exhaust systems on it, and I'm a big advocate of it. But don't be thinking you're going to be picking up a ton of torque and horsepower by just putting a set of slip-on mufflers on it. Well, now, I noticed that when we changed the exhaust on my Victory... Mm-hmm. It sounded great, mm-hmm. but in the beginning, it ran like it went from running like showroom to running really bad, backfiring and yeah. and everything like that. So I know what we did to fix it. Why yeah. don't you elaborate a little bit on? Because I got a feeling that most people, when they change, put on slip-ons or change the whole exhaust system, and we did a really radical deal. Yeah, and when I say we, change. I mean figuratively. You did a really <laughs> radical deal on my exhaust. I mean from the uh, heads down. Right. So see what we altered on yours and this everything. Is, this is a little bit different from just doing a set of slip on mufflers. Um, you can you could throw mufflers onto a stock head pipe and stock everything else. And it's perfectly fine. You know, your situation was just a little bit different because we took your your manifold, your you know head pipe, whatever you want to call it. And completely altered it also. So now not only was it being a, a balanced two into one into two type system with a crossover to a straight true dual. Now each cylinder is a little bit different the way it flows out. And on top of that, you're evacuating a lot more. So it will lean the engine out just a touch because say you're putting 20 CFM of air in, but now you have the capability of flowing out, you know, 80 CFM. Well, it will flow out faster than it can come in. So it almost pulls it out of the cylinder, you know, in combustion. It gives the engine the indigestion. Out. Yeah, it does. So in your situation, we ended up having to retune and remap and, and add fuel to it, which now it's on point, runs great, sounds good, everything yeah, works fantastic. Well. So that's something you got to consider, you know, for the lamers person going into a shop to get aftermarket stuff done is, you know, everything has to be set up well to achieve what you're wanting it to do. You know, other than just sound. So would you say there's a 75% chance, I'm just pulled that out of my hat, that if they put on new exhaust, they're going to have to retune or do something to to balance it? Depending on what bike you have, yes. Um, Because, again, you know, what are you doing? Are you just doing mufflers on the end? Most of the time, you know, it's a rule of thumb. You can change exhaust systems out on these fuel-injected bikes, not change the air intake out, and you're fine. The tune is okay. You know, it, it's pretty good or it's adequate. 
as soon as you change the air intake and the exhaust, you are going to have to tune. Yeah, because mine has a, the same air intake system, but I just did something simple as putting an advanced k and filter. That made a difference. I mean, yeah. as far as it screwed with the tuning. Yep, it sure did. Like it's dialed in now, but things that you have to consider when you make changes, they all work together. Exactly, exactly. So I guess where I'm at is... If you're going into a shop this summer or spring, whatever, and you think, okay, I want to do some exhaust, have in mind what you want. What What are your realistic goals? Are you changing the exhaust to build power or are you changing the exhaust to, you know, to do sound? You know, um, some shops out there are just straight, you know, money hungry, gimme, 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 gimme. I don't care what the result is. And then there's other shops out there that will walk you through the process and get you the desired effect. You know, what is it that you want? So say like you come into my shop, I figure out what it is that you're wanting out of it. Are you just wanting sound? Or are you wanting performance? Because if you want performance, if we're going to do it, we're going to do That's it right. That's a whole different can yeah. of worms. Yeah. You know, if you want to get a good performance out of a bike, you know, just changing the exhaust isn't necessarily all you need to do. In my opinion, if you want, like Harley does theirs in stage one, stage two, stage three, performance upgrades. Uh-huh. You know, stage one is a tune, air intake, and high flow exhaust. That's a stage one. And that right there is a great setup to get you a little bit more horsepower, a little bit more torque, and all the sound that you want. Great throttle response when it's well tuned. The metric guys, it's a little bit different. There are tuners out there for your bike, and they're actually a lot cheaper than Harley tuners, and they work really, really well. So there is that. You know, metric guys, there's not a ton of options for doing air intake changes, and when you do, they're somewhat expensive. The exhaust, you know, depending on what setup you have and what motorcycle you're on, there are slip-ons available. Um, some bikes, there aren't slip-ons available, and you have to do a full head pipe exhaust change. Now, on the other side of everything, it's about how much money you want to spend. It always comes down to that, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it does. Metric bikes, average cost of a, a new exhaust system, which is usually head pipe mufflers, everything. You're looking at seven to 800 bucks. Harleys, about the same if you're riding a soft tail or a Dyna. If you're on a touring bike and you want to do a head pipe and muffler change, you're looking at twelve to 1500 bucks. You got to pay to play, suckers. Well, you know, and add-on parts, it goes beyond just exhaust. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I had some handlebars on my bike that I love. I still prefer them. They were what they call the beachcomber style. Yeah. But ASA. Yeah. Lowrider beachcomber (laughs) stuff. But I'm getting to the age where I came into your shop one day and said, hey, you know, I'm kind of getting to where riding is starting to be questionable because my shoulder Mm-hmm. is just really painful after a long ride. And dumbass you said, well, it's your handlebars. You yeah. need to have a little bit higher handlebars. And this is not slamming anybody. It's just my personal taste, my personal preference. I cannot stand our ape hangers. Yeah. And Don't you said, well, you need to have them. these, you know, higher bars to have your arms up. I said, hell no. Hells no. Yeah. I'm not having ape hangers on my bike. And uh, so, but we met a compromise and they're not ape hangers, but they rise a little bit. I think they're like a 12 inch rise. Yep. They sure are. Well, you go and buy a $100, $200 set of handlebars and you think that's it. Oh, no contraire. <laughs> <laughs> because even though I had these wide beachcomber handlebars, uh-huh. I still had to go through and start buying clutch cables. Throttle cables. Double extension. throttle cables. Yeah. Uh, electrical cables that go up to your, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it got expensive. 
It can. Uh, now, I don't know what the costs are for throttle cables and clutch cables and brake cables for other bikes, but for Victory, it's not entirely cheap. Nothing is cheap for a Victory right now. No, it, that's I, true. I hate to say it, but, and it sucks. I'm actually got a bike in my shop right now that I am fighting tooth and nail to find just a manifold adapter, just the adapter to go from the heads to the throttle body. I can't find it. You know, it's just non-available. Um, for so what are you going to do? Shit, pray to the motorcycle gods that I can find some poor sucker that has a used one or build one, you know. I will sell you mine for $14,500. <laughs> can we make it pounds instead? No. <laughs> In gold, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, for victories, you guys out there running victories and, you know, Craig here, I mean, it it's going to get to be somewhat of a trying time here in the next few years, trying to find parts and get parts and, and keep your bikes. You know, Yeah. On the road I, I was thinking them. about that yesterday. I've got way more money into my bike it is so customized yeah. than I will ever get out of it. And I'm aware of that. And I knew that going in, Yeah. but there is a time when I win the lottery or something, I'm going to have to get a Harley. another bike and it'll be an Indian, a Harley, another Polaris. <laughs> and what, uh, you want a snowmobile? <laughs> well, that's, a lot of people say that to me is that no it's a polaris uh victory's a polaris you mean the snowmobile people yeah <laughs> yeah oh, whatever yeah yeah sure whatever but uh there'll come a time i mean it, uh, i can see you getting a uh, honda oh yeah i'd get a honda africa twin freaking a right i would metropolitan I, done i could even done. see you on the new uh gold wings without all those badges on it <laughs> That's a bit of a stretch. For put me, a, you just all you to do is put a big wheel on the front. Yeah, I could be the first one to and do lower it. the back. Yeah, I'd put an air ride on it. That's for sure. <laughs> back on track a little bit, I guess. Is it? What it, are these podcasts if, if we if we don't get off track? Yeah, I need another drink. Uh, so I, I guess kind of back to what I, what you were saying and hitting on is is you know there's not a whole lot of things out there where it's just one and done. You know, if you want to do something, do it well, do it right. You know, you might spend a little extra change up front, but make sure that you're getting what you want out of something. You know, I've got customers all ends of the spectrum. I've got guys that will drop 50, 60 grand on a motorcycle and that's no lie, no bullshit. It's not coming in my pocket, but just in parts and things. Yeah. Parts and on the bike. They will never get that to do a build and stuff like that because that's what they want. Then I've got guys that will freaking try to Jew Amazon down to get their dumbass parts and then want me to install them and then want me to warranty them. And then all I want to do is freaking punch them in the teeth, yo. I mean, it, it's just, it's just the nature of the beast. So when you look to do a set of handlebars, you got to think about the other side of it too, you know? Oh, and by the way, your idea of fixing the shoulder with the yeah. handlebars. Spot on, wasn't it? It worked. Yeah. Who the hell knew? Me. <laughs> I knew. So this is, I'll, I'll, I'll break it down like this. This is the ergonomics of, you know, tall bars. Yeah. There's guys out there with like freaking 21s and they're pulling their ass off the seat to try to reach their bars. Okay. Yeah. That's might be. I don't feel excessive. you can control the bike very well that yeah. way, particularly on the back curvy roads. Yeah. You know, whatever to each his own. There's an ass for every seat, but uh -huh. here's the ergonomics of it. Okay. So visualize people listening at home, close your eyes. Listen to my deep, soothing voice. Oh, Think about where crap. you want to be right now. How much did you pour long, into that glass? Long walks on the beach. <laughs> no, but seriously, think about when you're sitting on your motorcycle, okay? Say you're six foot, six foot three, even you short, shorter guys, other than that, you know, whatever. It's, it's the same premise. So where's your hands at? 
you know, on a stock bike, they're down low, you know, like four inches, five inches above your knees. When you sit in a chair, do you like sitting with your hands way down below your knees or at your knees or anything like that? You know, you got to lean over to do that. So you're on your motorcycle, bars are down a little bit above your knees, you're reaching down. So in essence, your shoulders are being pulled forward. Your back is a little bit curved. You're leaning down on the handlebars. Two things that I see. One is just poor ergonomics, poor posture. The other thing, imagine trying to lift the weight of the motorcycle up, you know, in a reverse curl situation where your knuckles are up, you're pulling up on the handlebars. This is, I want to interject something. This is assuming you have a bike that the sitting position is upright and not a a lean over sport bike. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for clarifying that. Well, yeah, because (laughs) you're not, you're going to find this hard to believe. There are some people out there that go, well, I don't want ape hangers on my sport bike, on my Ninja. I would okay, say, we're not talking to you. <laughs> go flick yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, okay, in the cruiser world, then, this is what we're talking about. It's a litigious society. We've got to cover all bases. Oh, Lord. What does the world come to? So, anyway, back on point. Your eyes are shut. You're listening to my voice. <laughs> so, you're leaned over. Try to lift up the motorcycle. You know, it, it's tough. You get in a situation where it's going to fall over something. It's going to be hard as hell to hold the bike up in a reverse curl situation, pulling your bike up. Okay. Now sit on the motorcycle, stick your arms, sit up, right? Stick your arms straight out from your shoulders. Okay. Where do they hit? If they're at your bars, plus or minus one inch of your shoulder height is the perfect ergonomics for you. Now, granted, there's pullback. You can get them closer to your whatever, but with your arms, at about a 90 degree angle of your shoulders, you don't have back fatigue. You know, your arms are actually relaxed because your hands, when they sit on there, it is more of a relaxed position because you're not holding up any weight. When you're down, your hands are down, your weight is being applied through your shoulders, down onto your arms. So that's why you get so much fatigue in your elbow, your shoulder, because your arms are holding your body weight up. So at an ape hanger or mini ape or whatever it is in your 90, the load and the weight is being transferred straight down through your spine onto your big ass onto the seat. Okay. You hit a bump, the load travels, the shock travels through your back all the way up it. The whole back is taking the brunt of that. When you're leaned over, imagine a, a straight line coming up through your seat. It comes out your lower back. That's why it hurts your lower back so much. So that's the logistics on why taller bars are more ergonomic for people that are taller. You know, if you're a short guy, those short bars probably are okay. So in thinking about that, you know, after listening to this podcast, go sit on your motorcycle, see where your hands are at, and then stick them up there about 90 degrees and see where your hands are at there. And tell me if it doesn't feel better. I would be willing to bet that it will. I I tell you, the truth is I did not want to do it. I was extraordinarily Mm -hmm. skeptical. But I was willing to give it a try because I wanted to continue to ride yeah, and ride a lot. And it was getting to the point where I was asking myself, how much longer can I do this? The pain was so bad. Yeah. It fixed it. There you go. See, so, curing lives and keeping dreams alive. One handlebar set at a time. That's what you do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But. I mean, that's, that's something to keep in mind is, you know, just because you hear something or you have a thought or an idea in your mind of, you know, oh, ape hangers, you know, forget that. I, my arms would go to sleep way up there. Well, don't knock it till you try it. 
Okay. And there is a spectrum here. Okay. There's a difference between bars that are at shoulder height and they're really close and bars that are like a foot over your head. I don't consider mine ape hangers because I don't, my hands aren't raised above my shoulders. Right. Right. But uh, I've seen some, I saw a guy yesterday, I was out riding. His arms were almost, you know, stretched way over his head. I thought, you know, how can you possibly have great control over that bike? How? Because effort. I want it. It looks cool. It makes me feel cool. I'm going to do it. That's the idea right there. Dude, yo, there was this guy from Kansas City area rode a fat boy. It was yellow with purple seaweed flames. He literally had nine foot of exhaust, nine foot of exhaust on a soft tail. that was upswept way up there in almost eight foot of handlebar. Now, not eight foot tall, eight foot That's the kind of thing we would used to see in East L.A. or something like that. Yeah, I mean, this dude, I've seen pictures over years of this guy on his motorcycle scattered all over the Internet. And he's literally stretched as high as he can possibly reach, reaching these handlebars. But anyway, I guess what I'm getting at is, is, whatever, it's what you want. Yeah, exactly. Whatever floats your boat, it's your bike, and that's the whole purpose of the deal. I mean, fix it. And add on to it and change yeah, it the way that yeah. makes you happy. Exactly. So in carrying on, the next thing usually, other than paint and freaking stickers and stupid shit like that and seats, you know, seats is another big aftermarket add-on that people do, finding your What comfort. are your top three aftermarket requests from a stock bike? From a stock bike? Oh, God dang, dude. Me? Well, that you have people come into the shop. Oh, okay. Yeah, good good point there. Um, sound? Slash performance. So exhaust. Yeah. Exhaust and engine work. Um, handlebars. And right now, it's lighting. You know, headlights, spotlights, turn lights. It's lighting and then wheels and then seat and then paint and then full-on body modifications. Yeah. So. Okay. We've come to that part in the uh, podcast that we have the 10-second challenge. Now, I will do this along with you. And okay. I will be fair because, you know, it dawned on me. Actually, my wife, it dawned on my wife and she said so. And she was right. How is it fair that I do the 10-second challenge when I have the questions here in front of me and I've had time to think about it? Uh, well, I'm going to give you the answers that I gave out when I was receiving the questions fresh. Let me let me bust in here. Life's not fair, folks. No, you don't get isn't. a freaking participation trophy for everything. That's right. Okay, are you ready? Let Take me get your uh, crown royal. He's using a straw, folks. Yeah. Two straws and an umbrella. This guy doesn't suck on anything. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Are you ready? Now, here's the deal. I'm ready. You've got C. Six questions. Go. D. C. It's C, right? Okay. Yeah. Six questions. It's not going to be that easy. You've got six questions and you have 10 seconds to answer it. And that 10 seconds, your answer is your answer. You can't go back and say, oh, wait, 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 wait. Now that I've thought about it. All right. All right. Question number one. Ready? Yeah. First bike you ever purchased with your own money for yourself? Kawasaki Vulcan 900. Story? Bought it brand new. Decided one day my wife was bitching and moaning about, you know, you don't need a motorcycle. You don't need a motorcycle. I said, bullshit, I don't. You mean you didn't have a motorcycle growing up that you purchased? Well, a dirt your... bike. But that's, but that's not, that's not something you purchased for yourself. Yeah. We traded a horse for it, yo. Okay. I'm dead serious. Eight years old, traded my horse. Uh, Listen, KDX we're 100. rural people trading is, yeah, but did yeah. you not pull up in a Jeep today that you just traded for an old Harley? Yeah, sure did. We do some trading. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, but first one I bought with my own money was cash a, money. Yep. 
Kawasaki Vulcan 900 Custom. The first bike I ever bought with my own money was a dirt bike when I was a kid from mowing lawns and doing a uh, paper route. Yeah. You probably never even heard of it. It was a little uh, 50cc Tahatsu. Uh, and it was a dirt bike. We used to take it, uh, you know, out, out to the desert. Yeah. But it was mine by God. So there you go. There it is. Question number two. What motivated you to buy your first motorcycle? Honestly, it goes all the way back to when I was a kid. And I think I've even actually said this before. Cruising down the highway in the back seat of my mom's AMC Eagle. Yeah, that's right. And we're going down the highway and big group of motorcycles passed us on both sides. And I thought to myself right then and there, I said, that's me. I'm going to do that when I get old enough. There so you go. It. For me, I've always had the attitude that I don't take from anybody. You know, mm-hmm. I only want what I've earned. Yeah. And even as a kid, you know, I don't want my dad buying me a motorcycle. Now, yeah, he bought me a mini bike and we had a Trail 90 that wasn't really mine. It was a family bike. That's my very first motorcycle that I ever rode by myself was a Honda Trail 90. And uh, those are great bikes. I'd like to have one right yeah, now. Yeah, you would. And uh, But the first uh, reason was is because I wanted something that I earned my own and nobody can tell me yeah. what to do with it. That's the Except American for I way. needed dad to help take it to the desert. <laughs> I couldn't get it there myself. Okay, question number three. What type of riding do you prefer, twisty or straight, single or group, back road, or on the highway slab? Ooh, shit. By myself. Yeah. No and group. And all of the above is not an answer. <laughs> no group. Twisties are eh, okay, but I'm telling you, I like hauling ass, so... I'm going to go highway riding by myself at 100 or 100 plus. That's what I enjoy the most. Okay. For me, it's uh, twisty, single, no groups, mm-hmm. and back roads. At 40 miles an hour. Sometimes even, sometimes even down to 25 just to get around that U-shaped uh, yeah. horseshoe corner. That's all cool and everything. And I mean, that's fun, but I'm an adrenaline junkie. Like I have got to get my blood moving. And that to me just kind of seems like driving Miss Daisy sometimes. And it is, but you know, I, I'm that old, but yeah. sometimes on these roads, you get straight, straight. Uh, and you got to open it up. You do. Yeah. I'll get it up to 50. What? That's it. <laughs> but then again, in my whole life, I've never had a ticket. Oh, you poor unfortunate soul. Question number four, favorite kind of motorcycle trip. A day or a weekend trip or a long trip? A trip that never ends. Well, that's kind of a sucky answer. <laughs> no. But it's the truth, isn't it? Yeah, dude. I, I mean, I love my wife. I love my kids. I love my life right now. But had I not been a shithead earlier and my wife somewhat saved me a life. And In an I'd alternate been by universe, myself, you yeah, would alter- be. I would be a gypsy. I would be that poor freaking bag of leather just rolling around on his old ass motorcycle, you know, bouncing at a bar from here and there to earn a couple bucks to get me to the next town, working on a farm for food, whatever, dude, like that. My deep down inner soul is just that ragamuffin roll with the tumbleweeds type of person, like just be out there riding, seeing the country. Now, I actually get that. I mean, in a former life, I was a sailor. And so in an alternative universe, had I not had the life that I have now, which I wouldn't trade for anything in the world, I think I'd be a vagabond, but probably on a sailboat. I'd be cruising the world. Exactly. Like, that's just a mentality that I have. And it's tough sometimes to balance a normal life now with the need for that. 
but uh, we're whittling it down. I find it strange because, I mean, and maybe everybody's like this. I don't know. I just thought it was me, but, you know, I long for, I wouldn't, like I said, I wouldn't trade my life for anything. And given the opportunity, said God come down and said, you can do this or you can go do this other thing that's in the back of your mind. I wouldn't trade. Yeah, I probably wouldn't I would, anything else. There's no question. Without hesitation, yeah. I'd stay where I'm at. Yeah. But in an alternate life, I long to get out and go back to, I guess maybe it's just wanting to go back to have more of your youth and get that, get out there on a sailboat. Yeah. I know that's off topic, but yeah. still, I mean, it's the same concept. It's like for me, the question, the answer to the question would be a longer trip. Yeah. You know, I like getting out there and going mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, two, f- two, three weeks at a time. Yeah. I just don't like the feeling of, gosh, this is so sacrilegious to what I just was saying, but like, the man holding you down, you know, like the chains of society and the chains of having to do stuff constantly to survive. Like I want to just survive to just be out there and be alive, you know? Like, exactly. That's what I like in deep down. I, like I love my wife, love my kids. I can't reiterate that enough. Most likely they'll never listen to this, but like I'm perfectly fine by myself. Like I don't give two shits about anything or anyone else. Like I'm cool with just being me. So I don't have to have anything or anyone else interjected into my life to make me happier, to make me sane. Like, it's just how I am. Okay. Two more questions. Question number five. Your favorite ride destination? Right now, forefront of my mind, Redwoods. California, Northern? Yep. Yep. Really? That's pretty cool. Yep. Right now, that's like, that's what I wanted to go do. And I would knock that. That's a that's an awesome place to go. And I yeah. grew up in California. Yeah. But I don't think you could pay me cash money to step inside California anymore. <laughs> it's not the same way as it was when I was a kid yeah, growing up. I bet. Two different bet. places. But that's a cool place. For I me, like uh, I can't get back enough to Beartooth Pass. Oh, yeah. In uh, southern and Montana, northern Wyoming, mm-hmm. up by uh, Yellowstone. Yeah. Big sky country. Oh, I just, every chance I get. You mean it's not downtown New York City? Yeah, it's just to the left of that. Oh, okay, okay. I must have missed the turn. And last but not least, words of wisdom for a new motorcyclist. Grip it and rip it, yo. That's it. That was my answer. Just do it. Are you serious? Just do it, yeah. Grip it and rip it. Get on one and go. Yeah. Fall down, wreck, do whatever the fuck you want to do, but just get it and go. Yeah. You'll learn along the way. Yeah, yeah, figure it out as you fall. Lastly, the other day I was in your shop and Is that why said, it smelled like fart? That's that day I had <laughs> that's that day I had gas real bad and I came in and just uh, dispensed the gas and left. BTW guys. And I'm yeah, an I really did that. <laughs> Half a dozen hard boiled eggs and Freaking a beer. crop dusters. Hold it in and go down to Randy's shop. <laughs> yeah. So the other day you said to me, You're catching hell from your daughters. Yeah. And I asked you what for, and you could, because Carter, your son, has been on the podcast, and they have not. They're older than Carter. Yeah. How old are they now? Don't screw up their age like you did Carter's. Nah, 11 and about to be 7. And they want to get on the podcast. I believe. Do I understand that correctly? Yeah, yeah, they do. And how much money have they saved up? (laughs) All about the Benjamins. Yeah, they're more like Washingtons around my place. We got to work for a living. (laughs) Okay. But, uh, so we'll get them on sometime soon. Yeah. Because 
life will not be easy for you until you do. Yeah, I can deal with it. Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. <laughs> you don't know these two women. You yeah. know, one will cry you to death and the other one will cut you with a smile. Well, that's the podcast for today. I hope it wasn't too uh, annoying. Till next time. Keep riding. You know, that's what we're all about.